And we're back in a timely fashion. We are back and we're going to be talking about Martin Scorsese's 1995 film, Casino. Uh, <laughs> this movie's goaded. I mean, I feel like everyone pretty much knows what Casino is. If not, they've watched it. Uh, but recently, uh, Alex hasn't seen it. So we went to our local theater, the Polk Theater, and we got to tap into- Classic. Yeah, the, the, the classic Polk Theater. We watched Casino in there. The vibes, you already know, we're, we're nice. <laughs> you, it's nothing like watching like a Scorsese picture in like a good like classic theater, whether it be like any, any classic theater. Anyway, it just feels different. It just feels different. It just heightens the experience. Back. So I'm curious to, to hear like what are your initial thoughts on the film? Oh uh, man, I really liked it. It was. It was a lot of fun. It was a really cool like window into a different world for like three hours, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. You got to go to a lot of different places, see a lot of interesting characters. Oh, yeah. And it was a great time. Yeah, I agree. When I when I first watched it, I knew it was going to be like about casinos, obviously. I didn't really know too much about it when I first watched it. I didn't really know it was like that heavily like a gangster film because that's like basically what it is. It's just like Goodfellas, but in Las Vegas. Yeah, I assumed it was a gangster film just because you know Scorsese. Classic. I mean, yeah, I knew it was gonna be, <laughs> me, but I didn't know it was gonna be like that like heavy. And I did. And like, what's cool about it is that like it is based off like a true story. It is adapted from like a true story. Um, the casino they actually used in the film is called the Tangiers, but I think I was just reading uh, the real casino in real life's name was Stardust, and like mm. a lot of that actually did happen. It was like Las, like Las Vegas was essentially like the Wild West, is what Martin Scorsese was saying, like um, yeah. in these interviews that I was watching. He was like describing it as like this is basically my western, like th this is like what I'm doing for modern day western. Yeah, because he was like. He was saying like you can't make a movie, which sucks. But like, I guess in the '90s he he was convinced that you can't make a western anymore because people are just gonna clock out. It's not profitable. Studios don't want yeah. it. They're boring. So he was like, "This is my western." That's why he has like these expansive like desert shots, like almost like standoff type type vibes and like yeah hints of like the western genre with just like Joe Pesci's like store the gold rush and like stuff like little stuff like that but it's essentially like a lawless land is what he was saying and that that's what Las Vegas was before I believe like the 80s or like late 80s like whenever everything started to get changed and people started to get shoved out and like they started blowing up those old casinos which I don't know if you remember but I, I remember there was this one magic trick guy. Oh, dude, I got to look this up. There was this one guy in the early 2000s that was like, I'm going to escape this like building that they're about to blow up. And I'm almost positive it was in Las Vegas what? and it was a hotel. And like it was one big magic trick. But I'm pretty sure that was like, because I remember I, every time I see those final shots of the casino, I'm always remembered. I always remember like watching that on TV. I got to look this up. Oh, my God. David Copfield escaped from a an exploding building. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In like 2009. I don't know if it was Las Vegas. Just like sneak in there? No, no, it was planned. It was like a Oh, they, it was planned. Like it was like a real thing. Like 
They had like medics and stuff on standby. I don't remember what exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I just always get reminded of that because that was part of my childhood. I remember all of us watching. We we're like, what the heck's going to happen? That's going to escape a bloating, an exploding building. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I think it's, I think it's almost a perfect movie. I love almost every single part of the movie. I have so much fun. It doesn't really feel like a three-hour movie to me. It's just like yeah, it really doesn't. It's just going. It's just going, going, going. And like in this one interview that Marcel Sazi was like, "Yeah, there's like basically no plot to this movie. It's just a lot of action and a lot of stuff that you're following, but there's not really like a a plot per se." Yeah, I kind of see that. Like there is a plot, I think, but like I kind of see where he's coming from, where it's just like. Just stuff is happening. It's just a flow. It's just like a flow of characters doing things. You and know? like, I feel like it's got to be like one of the most narrated like films I've ever watched. Where and like, like they're just narrating everything for like almost the whole film. Just like a lot of stuff is just being like explained via narration. But like, it's so engaging because of the way he shoots it and edits it. Like, yeah, it's timed really well too. Yeah, yeah, everything's just like. Bah, 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 bah. Like as they're talking, you're, the camera's sweeping through this casino, and they're showing this and this and this and this, and it's yeah, it's it's just yeah, which, like, like the editing's just insane in this movie. Like the first like twenty minutes, you're just like uh. it's just like zoom 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 zoom. You know, so many things cutting back and forth. It's like oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like one of my favorite sequences um is when they're talking about like who's watching who it's like the dealers watching the players yeah i love that i love that dealers. Scene. and then it's like goes all the way to like then the eye in the sky watches them all i love that like whole sequence that's one of my favorite sequences um uh, but i was reading also that this is one of his this is his first film ever that was edited digitally this is his first digital oh. edited film uh so that's i guess an interesting little is interesting little <laughs> interesting <little laughs> fact uh yeah, because I mean the editing is one of my favorite parts. Because like usually people say, I can see why. I can see why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I can see where people say like, oh, edit, editing like should be invisible. But sometimes it's like, sometimes it can add. You know, if it's not invisible. Like I don't think the editing's too invisible in this movie. At least to me, uh, maybe to the average audience member, maybe it is invisible, and they're just like, eh, I don't know. To yeah. me, I see it. To me, I see the editing and I see the amount of work that goes into it because I, I am an editor, so I yeah. understand what's going on. So maybe maybe it's just me that like really appreciates it. But I think it's just filmmakers that will really notice that, honestly. Yeah, but it's just like a whole element to the story. It's what drives like the pace. It drives like what is really going on, like this the speediness of it. It feels like it feels like you're in there and you're just like running. Yeah. I feel like editing is really underappreciated. And a lot of people, like a lot of, like, I feel like a lot of people don't really notice it. Oh, 100%. I mean, random people, like the regular audience member. Definitely, the power of editing, you know. Yeah, they don't understand what edit, what editing maybe even is. <laughs> they don't even know what editing <laughs> is. Uh, but yeah, and then an, there's just so much like fun fact, like, because I've, I've done, like, after I watched the movie, I definitely have watched like so many interviews, like, because I really did enjoy it. And I've just like read a lot about it. So I, I have a good understanding of like what went into this movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently this movie was like a, it was a part of like a two picture deal with the studio. Oh, who's the studio? I think it was, um, was it Warner brothers? Universal. Universal. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> but this, it was like, he can, he can do this movie if he did another movie. 
like you have to sign on for these two movies because you did like the last temptation of christ which was an absolute like tank of a movie which i still want to see that movie. Yeah. it's the one with willem dafoe is like jesus um yeah i definitely want to see that movie because it sounds interesting but yeah he had, he had to do casino and cape fear the both of these mm. together so like he was signed he was locked in like he had he to. had to yeah, <laughs> sign the contract yeah and it, it's honestly really cool like he did help write it um but what's interesting is like a lot of the dialogue between Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci was improvised. Like a lot of it. I'm sure. And apparently he was like, he would tell them where to start and where to end. And that's it. And they would just like, that's fill, crazy. They would fill in the rest. But like, that's some trust though. I mean, of course it's Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Like those guys are gods, but like yeah. that is some trust to be like, ah, here's where you start. Here's where you end. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, jeez, I don't know. It's so interesting. It's like for an actor to handle that, like, like you must really have to understand the character you're playing oh, in order to just like know all, like just the way they talk. Oh, 100%. I, was, I heard this inter <laughs> the interviews, but uh, yeah. There, so Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, apparently before Robert De Niro even signs on, like they just go through the script and like they try and see stuff and usually what robert de niro wants is a new character like it can be within the same universe but he wants to play someone that he hasn't played before like he wants to find new things that he can he hasn't found before or done before really or like things he can add on to people so like they went away to like i think the bahamas or some island for like two weeks and every day they're just on the beach or in the hotel or whatever and they were just going through the entire script from top to bottom. Every, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. But like, that's exactly all. That's all they did for like for Robert De Niro is like they went to an island somewhere. They literally just went top to bottom, the whole script, found things that they want, found the page they wanted to be on together. And then by the time filming, they already know what's going to happen. They already figured out the entire film. Like it's done. The film uh, essentially was like, yeah, the movie's done in that two weeks. Then it's just about like <laughs> capturing. It. And like, yeah. honestly, that's so dope because like, to be able to work, like I definitely want to find our own Robert De Niro in the future. Like I want to find someone so talented that we can like trust them to like improvise dialogue and be like, oh my, like, and be just blown away every time. Like that's something that like a collaboration like that is honestly like, I feel like every filmmaker is almost like, like gold. I feel like every big filmmaker has their people, you know, they have their like people they go to that they know, yeah. are, that they know are goaded, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's super interesting that they improvise so much, like so much, like, but it, that's why the dialogue feels so snappy. That's why it feels and so real. Bad. Yeah. Cause they're just talking. <laughs> they're just doing it. It's so lit. Yeah. Especially, I mean, like everybody did great. Like Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, which that yeah. trio right there, like they carried the movie on their back. Like oh, 100%. Every scene they stole. Sharon Stone's performance is one of the one of my favorite like actress performances of all time. It's definitely like amongst my favorites, like probably top five. I, I haven't really sat down honestly and like picked, but I definitely yeah. it's like one of those because like I just want to like like I hate her like by the end, but I understand her. It's like one of those things where it's just like, bro, why are you tying? Like, never have I been so mad at like someone <laughs> on screen. Like, 
like, how dare you tie up this kid? <laughs> like, I'm on Robert De Niro's side. I'm like, dog, you cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm on some gangster. You got me on some gangster side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got my blood boiling. I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman. <laughs> yeah, the progression for her character, was, I was not expecting that. Like, honestly, I was expecting her to, like, follow the classic victim girl. Yeah, yeah. You know, married to a gangster <laughs> path. She was kind of in the wrong. Yeah. But man, like... Yeah, you have me agreeing with the gangster in this, in this <laughs> situation. Saying, like her performance is crazy, and especially like, and I get so mad too when she like does all this stuff. She goes on these like drug fueled rants. She she literally says, "I want to kill you," but then she comes and walks, and she's like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. She puts on her puppy dog eyes and like hops in the bed, and he's like, Ugh. "He pulls, he pulls out." I feel, I could feel his size, like. <sighs> Yeah, I could feel. I'm like, bro, you cannot be folding. Do not fold. Stand strong. <laughs> but he, but I understand why he's folding. That's the beauty of it. Is like, I, yeah, I get it. I'm like, thank you, bro. There's nothing, yeah. nothing you can do. <laughs> you wrote, you wrote. You should have married the girl in the first place. That's what yeah, I'm saying. But like, it's also his fault. That's the whole thing. Is like, bro, you you knew her for three weeks. The minute I heard that line, I was like, dog, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah oh. but then he goes on to say you know i'm 40 you know yeah like i get it i get it like that's that's I'm old the... i got money what else are you gonna get yeah that's the beauty of it is like he knew he knew he knew the game plan he knew what he was in for he can't, <laughs> he can't blame himself or he yeah. can't blame himself actually that's exactly what he can do but yeah I, and then one of my favorite oh. aspects of the movie is why i really like it too is that like it's dubbed as one of the most stylish films like ever made and honestly, it's, hmm. it's pretty much true. Like every single scene, they're always dripped, always like head to toe. Just I want to see that man's closet of suits, man. Like every different scene, he's got a different color suit on. Yeah. So I was crazy. Just, I was just reading, which I didn't even know. It's way more than I thought. Um, dude, the budget for the just costume in this movie was mm-hmm. a million dollars. That's crazy. A million dollar I'm just on clothes. It's on like that's like a thing. Yeah, that's crazy. And then so Robert De Niro had 70 different costumes throughout the entire film. And then Sharon Seven. Stone had 40. So they had 130 costumes together, just the two of them. What the freak? That's not including like everyone else. <laughs> but everyone else in the movies also dripped. Like that's the thing. Like just them alone, 130 pieces of clothing. Like from the watches to the shades to the shoes to the socks. Like wow. they did not spare. They did and and what's really interesting about it is that like the Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone got to keep everything. They got to keep all that. They got to keep all their costumes. So they probably have them somewhere. That's fire. Yeah, I mean that that's sick. Like that's really cool. But yeah, they got to keep all of it, which is crazy to me. Like a million dollars. Robert Daniel just got that red suit in his closet. Just that red suit jacket just waited. Yeah, he's just waiting to bust it out for Halloween. Like, <laughs> I'm back. Halloween. Yeah. Actors could just play their own characters for Halloween. What the freak? It's not fair. It's not fair. You have a built-in Halloween costumes all the time, especially if it's iconic. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. And then like another thing that I really love is like the score or just just the soundtrack actually. The soundtrack is just there's so many bangers with throughout the entire movie. 
Like I, I'm kind of interested to see what their budget just for like the soundtrack was. Cause they had like some big song, like popular songs, like, especially from that. Yeah, like I recognize a lot actually. Or even just from the seventies and eighties, like they just had so many, just like huge songs within the movie. Yeah. I feel like they didn't, they didn't spare. <laughs> they did not, they were just like, we're going big, you know? And like the budget for this film was like 50 mil or something. So like they, they yeah, had, they it had, felt they were, big. Yeah. And also, I was reading, it was like, they actually did shoot in a casino. Like, all the casino stuff was actually in a casino. And it was shot between, which imagine these shooting hours, between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. Every oh. like For, like, the whole shooting schedule within the casino. It was, like, an actual working casino. They didn't want it, like, to hurt whatever they were doing business-wise. But what's yeah. funny is the casino, they say that. But then on the sign outside, they in big bold letters are like Marcia Sazy, Robert De Niro, Sheriff Stone, Joe Pesci. They're all inside this casino right now filming a movie. So come like, in. Yeah, they're like, come in. <laughs> they're just using it like as a marketing tool for the casino. So they're like, this can't interfere with business. <laughs> so, yeah, how do you work around that? Like, how do you shoot around like just oh, they had, words they, of they section people. off. They section off that Joe for sure. And they probably have so many like ADs like rock walking around like no you can't come in like shut up quiet up. on set <laughs> shut the freak up yeah be a pain. Know, that would that would be yeah that would be like you could not do that with a small crew there's just no way yeah absolutely no way and like <laughs> yeah and the violence too in the movie like when it when it comes it's <laughs> there's some violent behind scenes in this movie like. That one where they're squeezing the guy's head, like I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to go that that crazy in terms of violence, and you know, I wasn't expecting it to go full gangster mode, <laughs> like full was, Goodfellas yeah. mode. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> saying. Know? I wasn't expecting that type of stuff. Like I was expecting there to be like in the background, you know, I, I was expecting it to be like a like a side little thing, but now nah, that was like a main driving yeah. force. A lot of stuff, um, within the movie, which is yeah. Great. But yeah, yeah that, it was yeah, it led to some crazy moments for sure. And that like scene in the movie, the head in the vice, it was like they were really debating whether or not they would even be allowed to have it in the film because like of how graphic it was. And they were like, that was the one of the first scenes on the chopping block if if it wasn't allowed. Yeah. Like, which to me now, like, thank God they didn't cut it because like that's one of the most iconic like parts of the movie. That's like <laughs> I feel like everyone remembers oh that scene <laughs> everyone remembers Dude's eyeball almost popped out yeah apparently it was way more graphic and they still have to trim it down but like they almost have to cut it out because it would have oh, man like, it would have been not rated because of like the whole baseball bat scene and like <laughs> them just overkilling everyone <laughs> <laughs> joe pesci just wailing on people as yeah, usual. Joe pesci with like the pen bro he he turned into john wick <laughs> He's like yeah. he's a man in the bar with a pencil. <laughs> For real, yeah, literally. <laughs> John Wick mode, which John Wick Four looks hype. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. For also, Marcia says he's doing an actual western. Like, I'm hyped for that too. When is that even coming out? Yeah, man, I've been waiting. I think it's next year, right? Like, that's like one of his. Better be. Also, did you see today that Tarantino? He's not directing a movie next. He's gonna pull he's up. Not doing he's holding movie. off his tenth movie, his final movie, if that's even true. And he's doing a TV yeah. series. He's doing a oh. show, an eight-episode show. Oh, that's gonna be fire! 
Oh, 100%. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I don't What's know. It about? I have no idea, but it's supposed to release next year. Oh. So I'm in. Thank you, Tarantino. <laughs> Shoot. I, everyone's Ooh. like, we're not going to get a Tarantino more movies, but like, we forget TV exists. <laughs> forget shows exist. <laughs> yeah, right. So I may not be doing movies, but I can still direct, bro. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a banger. Like a Tarantino. Let's go. More Tarantino. I'm down. Yeah, I low key forgot. Like, we could do shows too. Like, do I forget, anything. Yeah, I forget you can like do stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the medium of like, I guess film and TV, like, TV is a thing. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole different realm. But yeah, especially if it's especially if it's like short form, like an eight episode thing, then you can like really hone in on the quality. Because I feel like mini series stuff. Yeah, yeah. Once you get into like the bigger like series or like season seasonal stuff, the quality does start to drop in my opinion. Because it's just like you have so much to shoot, you have so much to do, and like in such a little time frame to shoot it all. So that's why like the quality just kind of drops. Uh, yeah, you gotta have money for that for sure. I mean, yeah, there's some shows that like are goaded, like Breaking Bad. Like, I think that's one of the most cinematic like shows. Like, and yeah, that like kept it consistent throughout and, like, five shot seasons. On, shot yeah. on like film, so yeah, yeah, that's one of the goaded shows. Uh, but yeah, Casino. All in all, I feel like we covered pretty much everything to be covered in Casino. I mean, there's not much. Yeah, I, can, uh, I, I mean, lives, really. This movie, like, it succeeded in everything, like editing, cinematography, acting, directing, Music, like costume, set. Design. It did everything. It did everything right. <laughs> yeah, like... I think that's why it's like one of his highest rated films, and like people really like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just love the way they made like uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, <laughs> Las Vegas look like the lights. Oh, 100%. And the nightlife, like it really showed that really well. Yeah, this it's film. Cool watching this after watching all the weekend stuff. You know? <laughs> Where the info comes from. Yeah. This film and like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas are like, I think, the best Las, like, yeah. Las Vegas films. Yeah. Like the vibes are just like, you're like, oh, I'm in Las Vegas. <laughs> like it just, you I just. You got to watch it while you're in Las Vegas, you know? Yeah, it's like one of those. Like, but what's weird is like I already know it's not gonna be like that. But like, if I ever, whenever I do go to Las Vegas, that's this is my only like image of Las Vegas. It's like, it's like casino, uh, fear and loathing, and like some weekend music videos. That's what I think Las Vegas <laughs> is. I already know it's not gonna be that because like these things were set <laughs> way yeah. before this. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my only image of Las Vegas at this at this point. We gotta bring our suits. Yeah, there we go. Hundred percent. And like, I want to be able to actually like gamble, <laughs> uh, like twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's my limit. But yeah, oh no, high stakes poker, twenty dollar, twenty dollar room. Oh no, I give this film a five out of five. Like, I love it. Like, it's one of my favorites. It's a vibe. Um, yeah, man. That that's my rating for Casino. Um, and I think the movie listed. The next film we're going to be doing is, I believe it's going to be um Black Swan, Black Swan or Black Panther, <laughs> Black Swan or Black Panther. Yeah, and if we do 
what we'll, we'll get around to black panther for sure but like uh noah uh re- reoccurring guest on the pod will definitely be hopping on for that because he he wants to hop on and he has some things to say about the film yeah uh which the, the both podcasts should be definitely some fun ones so be looking out for those. We're trying to stay more consistent. Like we've said, we're, we're, we're running these podcasts. Give us some slack. Okay. Yeah. This is dude. This Stop is hating a, on us. Not a single person has comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think anyone cares, but like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we have absolute zero haters, but, uh, yeah, this is episode 51. Our last episode was episode 50. I didn't even like know that. I, oh, I, let's go. Yeah. Mark. So we passed the 50th episode mark. We've been, I forgot we've even done that many episodes, but it's pretty cool that we've done even this much and we have so much to like look back on. <laughs> I guess like our kids can like listen to this podcast and be like, oh. hey, this is how they were in the 20s, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My kids ain't ever going to listen to this. My kids are going to be lame. <laughs> like, I don't care about that. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Dad, I don't want to watch your old podcast, Dad. Come on. Boring behind the scenes. watch it. <laughs> Movies are so old. Hey, don't say that. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> That's the end of this podcast. Peace out. See ya.